Well, guys, I have had the last two days have been an absolute crazy, crazy, crazy time. I wanted to share um, a testimony with you, actually, that is just incredible. It's so touching, and to me it is. Um, I've been through so much lately. I know in my last podcast, I talked to you guys about some personal stuff of mine, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, just go back to my last podcast, the one that it talked, there's a, a couple psychics that I had um, on the podcast, and and I intend on having them actually on the podcast to talk as well, and uh, on there, there's some personal stuff of mine, but I asked you guys for prayer for my sons, who are just the one, my oldest is so off the charts right now, I can't even begin to tell you. So let me get into this. Okay. My oldest son, Cody, is an addict. He is addicted to, now he is addicted to crack cocaine. Um, he was constantly having issues with, obviously, smoking cigarettes, which kind of goes along the lines of a lot of addiction. But, and to me, that's a big deal because I've never been a smoker. Uh, and then he, you know, got into marijuana, which led into, um, I guess I would say probably pills. Um, I'm not sure what all kinds of pills, but I know like things like Percocets and stuff like that, which led into doing meth, which none of us knew he was doing. We thought he was just doing coke, not not to sound like it's just cocaine, but that he was doing cocaine and he started hallucinating. And at first, some of the stuff was, you know, the some of the people in the family thought it was kind of comical because some of the stuff he was saying was just so out of control. And you would see him in the alley yelling at people that weren't there and thinking people were, you know, out to get him and stuff like that. And then we finally figured out he does meth or he did meth. He's never been like an addict of one drug. It's been just basically anything he can get his hands on. And of course he would, you know, do some acid. And then this led into uh, cocaine. And we just thought, you know, that was about the limit. You know, that was it. That was like, okay, you can't get much worse. And then the other, he was, he was into, he, he got into alcohol really bad. He was really drinking so bad that he would have the shakes and he would, um, go through detox and we'd have to send him to treatment centers and hospitals and stuff like that. This kid is amazing. Like he's 37. He has a beautiful daughter. That's a model that is, she's a child model and she's like on billboards and stuff in New York city. She's just incredible. And when he was young, he modeled, he was just stunning. He is stunning. And he's like six foot three and, you know, black hair, black eye, like his eyes are real dark. He's got, we have every hair color in their family but Cody ended up being the darker like a darker colored uh one of the kids that were was like darker coloring like I have I have naturally dark hair dark hair uh, green eyes and Cody's got like the green eyes but they look dark and he's just he's beautiful bright beautiful white smile just beautiful and he uh he started just doing you know party and recreationally with his friends and it just got worse and worse and worse. And he got really bad into to drinking alcohol. And that was probably the worst thing he did. Hang on, I had to take a sip of tea. Oh, I love hot tea. There's nothing better. 
I love coffee, but I can't drink it. I'm allergic to it, um, apparently, <laughs> which is upsetting. So, uh, we got him into rehab just this year. He had gotten a DUI. We got him into rehab, and he went in, and I think it was like a two-month stay, got out. He was clean for eight months. He was doing really good. And if anybody doesn't believe in demons or Satan or whatever you want to label it, well, one day he was out driving his car and turned a corner and there's a really old friend of his just standing there. And he was so excited to see him. And the last 19 days has been spent with him ending up doing crack because the friend he ran, in, he ran into is a complete crackhead, crack addict, I should say. Um, and he convinced Cody that fentanyl is not in crack and that's why people do it because it's safer than cocaine. So he totally, you know, just backslid or just bounced out of, uh, walking the straight and narrow path. And now he's full thrown back into drug addiction again, which is just incredibly awesome. And I'm being sarcastic when I say this. And I have another son who is Cody. He's his brother and he's another beauty, you know, six foot one, beautiful bluish green eyes, you know, blondish hair, just, oh, these boys are stunning. They're not boys. They're young men. You're men. And he's into cocaine. He, he's a cocaine addict. So I have these two boys that were raised like twins. They were each other's best friends. And they somehow both, because they ran in the same circles and had the same friends and were best friends, they both landed themselves with addiction. So we've done things, even like put trackers on their car. And let me tell you, before you get upset, um, they knew. I put the trackers on the car. I told them I was putting the trackers on the car. They didn't like it, but I said to them, like Andrew said the one day, he said, I told him I was putting a tracker on his car and he said, why would you do that? And I said, because we need to know that you're alive. Because the days that we have where you disappear for a day or two and we have no idea where you are, all we visualize is you in a ditch somewhere dead or somewhere overdosed, or heart attack, or we don't know what could be going on. And as long as we at least see you moving, and we know where you are to check on you, and we see that you're, you're still moving, then we still have, we have this sense of peace to know that you're still alive. And it, you know, it, it wouldn't even necessarily mean that it's them moving the car, but it just makes you feel, you know, like you can at least go check on them wherever they are. And the same with Cody. So I put a tracker on his car and, he, and I told him and he found it the one day. I didn't tell him where it was and he found it the one day because I kept calling him, telling him to get home and I saw where he was and he finally got mad and he pulled up in my driveway and he found the tracker and put it on one of my vehicles. And then, you know, I asked him about it and he said he would give it to me, but not to put it back on his car. And I said, well, that's not something I'm not going to do. I'm going to definitely put the tracker on your car because we have to know that you're where you are, where you are, and if you're alive. So I did. He knew I had it on there. In fact, he would call me sometimes and tell me to get it off his car, and I was like, I'm not doing it. I don't care if it's illegal or not. 
you know, you're gonna, I, I don't care. I have to know my son is, is, is able to be checked on. So that's how, that's where we got with that. Well, the other day, uh, well, no, not the other day, a couple weeks ago, Cody got a DUI and he already had had a DUI uh, license suspension from last year when we put him in rehab, when he went to rehab. Before he went to rehab, he had gotten caught with a DUI and he refused the blood testing or and the breathalyzer, so they, it was an automatic license suspension. While under suspension, he got another DUI about two weeks ago. And he did get a blood, he, he allowed, allowed them to do blood work that day, which was stupid, but he did. Um, because then they can prove what is in your system. You know, if you're already going to get a DUI, if you already know you have stuff in your system, you might as well just refuse it and, you know, honestly, save yourself the hassle. And that's my opinion. I might be wrong about that, but that's how I feel. Um, they're still going to, you know, hit you with whatever they have, and, and then they have proof of what's in your system. So you might as well just take the hit and refuse it and just, just let them suspend your license. I mean, honestly. So he gets this DUI and he gets, he's under license suspension and the cop, uh, the police officer didn't find anything on him, but he had some friends with him in the car and, you know, he, he just, he ended up getting a DUI. So he's devastated and he's like talking like he's going to jail because he was driving under suspension and, you know, the the police officer knew he was high. And so the whole last two weeks, he's been on this binge, like, you know, why bother with worrying about, you know, my actions now I'm going to jail anyway, I might as well live it up. This is his excuse. And so, uh, today I get a call and Kim is really upset. And she tells me Cody crashed his car. His girlfriend is, his fiance is Kim. She said that he got another DUI. Uh, he wrecked his car. And the first thing I said was, is he okay? And she said, yes. And I said, is the car? And she said, but he totaled his car. And I said, thank God. I was so grateful that he couldn't drive anymore because he did not care. Whether he had a suspended license or not, he was driving. He didn't care how many DUIs he had. This is addiction. This is what it does. He hasn't been home to his family, to his wife and daughter, fiance and daughter, in like three weeks, except to drop in now and then to take a shower. And that's not him at all. And it's been just an escalation of just crap. So the moral of all this, or the whole point is, I need your prayers. For all my Christian listeners, my family desperately needs your prayers. I have my mate, my two sons, and my son-in-law are all battling addiction. And I just found out the other day that my sister is as well. And there's others that are in the family that are not blood-related, just people that have come in through marriage and stuff. There's a lot of people in our family that are not addicts. We have a very large family. So I don't want you to think our entire family is just filled with addicts. Um, because I know there's kind of like a, you know, maybe a stigma to that. Or, you know, you hear of all these people 
that I'm asking for prayer for and it's like there's a lot of people that don't have addiction issues it's like I would say half of our family doesn't and the other half does and it's a very large family so I really really need prayers from you guys because this is really I'm really scared I'm really worried I'm just petrified for his soul for their soul souls I'm I'm scared that if what the Bible says is true about where our souls go and Judgment Day and, you know, all that stuff that I feel like I'm, I'm really afraid for them in that way. Most of all, I guess I would say that's number one. And then number two is the fear of us losing them. Like, you know, our family and the children, like their father, them being their father of their kids. Like, it, it just, I'm really scared right now. I'm, I'm just terrified. I... I pray constantly, I beg, I plead, I cry, I, you know, I scream, I, you know, just, I ask for prayer for everybody, from everybody that I can figure or find, a, um, I can't talk, I, I ask for prayer for, from anybody I can, you know, anybody that I know is a Christian, but if you have prayer lists, if you have uh, prayer chains, if you have whatever you have, please put my two sons Cody and Andrew on them uh, my my uh, my mate Matt and uh, my son-in-law Jordan just please put them on you know on your prayer chain prayer list anybody you know that prays reach out and ask them to pray for us because we really 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 need it we are in serious warfare here in our family from addiction and these demons are hell-bent on destroying these young men and I know they are like it, it's uh, it you can see it when I was dealing with Matt the other day he was saying some pretty crappy things and I, he was coming down the steps and he was saying some things to me that were really just kind of hurtful and I remember I was so angry and I looked up at Matt and I just was fit to be tied. Like I just, I just was seeing red, you know, that kind of stuff where you just want to go out and just take a sledgehammer to their car or something like that. You have thoughts like that, that you're, you're that mad. And I remember I heard Jesus say, Tracy, look. And I looked up the steps and he was sitting up on the step and he was looking down at me and he said, look at what you're dealing with. This isn't Matt. And when I looked, it was like I was looking through the eyes of God and I could see a demon. And it was, it was just like his eyes and the way he was looking at me. And I was like, this isn't a person. This is a demonic influence, or I don't even know if it's a demon. It's, it's some kind of a dark entity that's, you know, from Satan or whatever it's from the dark side. And I saw it and I could see it in him. And, and I remember I got quiet and I walked away and I went into my room and I thought, my, my gosh, like. I could tell, I knew that the demon was trying to get me to hurt him. Like it wants me to hurt Matt and it wants Matt to hurt me. So it's utter, it's, 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 it's bent on the destruction of us, our family unit of each other, our freedom, possibly sending one of us to jail, you know, people that actually hurt each other physically or, you know, just that kind of stuff. Like you could see that the agenda was right there written all over his face and I was like, wow. And it really shut me up and I got really quiet and I walked away and I went into prayer with God. I was like, that is crazy, Lord. Like I was like, I actually could see it when you said, look, I saw it. 
and now I know what I'm dealing with. And, you know, it, it's, it's a really interesting thing when you see that. And then you realize that your family, when you're dealing with your family, that the, well, the stuff that they're going through is all either demons have gotten inside of them or they're attached to them. And like I said, I use the word demon. It's a generalized term. I don't know exactly what the entities or entity is, whether it's demonic whether it's, you know, satanic, whether it's draconian, whether it's, you know, whatever name you want to give it, I, I just use the general term demon, but it could be whatever it is of the dark side that's causing this kind of chaos in our family. You can tell, you can feel that this is, even the stuff Cody was saying today, it was crazy hearing this stuff coming from him, like doubting that there's a God, you know, talking about his family, like they didn't matter anymore. Um, you know, uh, acting like it didn't matter if he lived or died, you know, just the stuff that was coming out of his mouth. I was like, wow, this is not my son. So, you know, we really truly are in a war. This is real war. It's real warfare. And we really need like prayer is like the number one thing, you know, along with, you know, anything and everything else that you can find that's of God to battle this stuff. I mean, I personally feel that everybody that has an alcohol addiction or any kind of addiction at all, or even illness, the first thing we should be doing is going to a really strong, uh, real reputable pastor or minister or evangelist, somebody that prays over you that actually can do almost like an exorcism or a casting out of the demonic forces, because that's what I truly believe is going on. You know, the sicknesses, cancers, all the illnesses, everything that we deal with is all something that's of the dark side that that's gotten inside of us or attached to us to some degree. And I think that the number one thing that we should be doing is, is calling on ministers and pastors and, and people of prayer to lay hands on and really, you know, help people to cast the stuff out along with whatever, you know, medical or, or a naturopathic way you want to try to heal or, you know, rehabs or whatever you have to do. But we need like a serious, just a massive group of people that are praying for each other. I mean, I'm talking massive. And I've thought about that even with the, you know, like the ET situation that we, we have now or, and have had, have had for a while, you know, the cryptids that are popping up, all this stuff, this needs prayer. They need, I mean, I've even had visions of people grouping up in large, massive groups going out into the woods and, you know, acting as, as prayer warriors and praying through the woods and the mountains and the, you know, just anywhere you possibly can go to start praying over our planet. I mean, we need to get engaged with this stuff. It's, it's absolutely insane what's going on here. So the one, the, the thing I wanted to tell you the testimony to me that was really amazing. It was really touching. Um, so a couple days before about, I would say about three days ago, um, I had a dream and I'm going to try to tell you this without crying because every time I talk about this dream, I start crying. And after I had the dream, I spent three days of just bawling my head off. I mean, I'm talking I cried so hard for three days straight, like just cried, cried, cried my, my heart out. And I was just begging God to please help, to please intervene. You know, you've got to help Lord. I need you. And so I had this dream that, uh, I, 
was standing there with my aunt who grew up with me. She was like my sister. She was only four years older than me. <clears throat> and she was very close to me. And she was like my sister. And uh, we were standing there and there was a cake. And I, I was cutting a piece of this cake. And she said to me, for every piece that you cut, every bite that you take out of the piece that you, that you cut, every bite that you take, a piece of them is going to be taken away from them forever and, and it won't come back to you. And I knew she was talking about Cody and Andrew, my two older sons, who I looked up and I saw them in front of me they were outside and they were on this path and I kept digging into this cake and taking a bite. And every time I took a bite, like it was almost like a chunk was taken out of their arm and in place of the chunk was replaced with the same shape of the piece that was taken out, but it was all clear. It was like, there was nothing there, but it was, it was, you know, covered over in a clear, like a puzzle piece that was all clear. And, but I couldn't resist taking bites of this cake. I kept taking a bite of it and I kept eating it. And I was like trying to stop myself, but I couldn't, something was compelling me to eat this piece of cake. And I looked up and then that kind of went away in the dream. Like that part of it went away. And I remember I looked up, this is the part I get, it's hard for me to say. And I saw my sons and Andrew was on the right side. Cody was on the left and Andrew was wearing like a yellowish shirt, I believe, which he, he wears a lot of work shirts that color and his hair was a little longer. He's got like that, uh, that, uh, dirty blonde hair and he, it was a little longer than it is. He usually wears it short and it was a little longer and he's real, he's broad shouldered and he's, they're both real tall and he had his back to me and Andrew is really fun and sweet and funny and like every time we're around each other, there's like just this magnetic, you know, laughter. And I'm really close to my kids, like all of my kids. I am super close to all of them. And Andrew was walking away, but he didn't turn around. He just, all I saw was his back of his hair and his shirt. And like his, I was observing how broad his shoulders were. And then Cody was beside him and he was walking away as well. And... I said to them, I said, I said, don't go. And I said it low, like, like almost where they couldn't hear me, but I could, like I was talking to myself kind of, and I said, don't go. I said, please don't leave me. And I felt them leaving like their souls were leaving. And Cody turned around and he looked at me and he smiled and then he turned back around and they, they kept walking and Cody has this magnificent smile. Like it's really, they both do like it, it. He has this real flirtatious, like, you know, when he smiles at you, you just melt because like, and, and he makes, they both make everything okay when they smile, like it's all okay. You know, it's going to be okay, mom. Like, like that kind of thing. And who I just, I felt them leaving me. And so I woke up from this dream 
and it was like I felt like they really were leaving, like their souls were getting ready to leave. And then Cody was over that day and we were sitting outside on a bench and he said, you know, me and Andrew were talking and we both said, we're not going to live that much longer. And I just looked at him and then I told him the dream. I, I told him what happened. So the loss of them would just kill me. Like, I don't ever want to feel it ever. And so I was crying and crying and crying for like three days or two days straight. Just couldn't seem to get myself together. I, it's almost like I felt their loss already, which I profess in the name of the Lord Jesus that they'll never get lost, that they're not going to ever perish and that I will die before they do because I just can't handle it. But so I was sitting outside on the bench. I have a bench outside that I go out and I feed my bird gang. I call it these little birds that love me and I love them and they come really close to me and stuff. And, uh, I was sitting there and I heard Jesus say to me, for every new day comes new hope. And I was like, wow, Lord, I just sat there and I was like, I can't, you know, that's, I, I mean, I just felt like it was him, him encouraging me and him telling me that he can't make them do you know, his will, because he gives us free will, that it is about hope. Because no matter how hard we want it, we can't force the issue, they have to make the decision. But I felt him, him tell me that as a way of just soothing me. And I was crying and crying and crying. And it just it lifted me, you know, a little bit. And then I came in the house and I was sitting at the table and as I told you, we have a tracker on Cody's car. We did until it got wrecked today. And on the tracker, if you go to the app, there's a round circle and a blue arrow inside. And the arrow is the location of the car. It says, it shows wherever the car goes, this arrow will show up on an aerial map. So you can see the roads and the, all the greenery and everything around the area that, that the car is parked in. Cody was at work and I looked down at the app on my phone to see the arrow, to see where he was. And right above his arrow is the building he works at. And the building is a big cross. The aerial view of this building right above the, his arrow, and there's many buildings there, but right above his arrow was a huge cross. And I was like, wow, that's the Lord again. After talking to me about hope, I looked down and I saw this and I felt the Lord telling me I'm with him. I'm with him. And I started like, tearing up because I was just in disbelief in not in a disbelieving way, but just like, wow, that type of, you know, just like you couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't get over that 
God was showing you. You were feeling this from God that he's showing you. This is a sign. And then right in the same minute, I turned to face or like a, a maybe Facebook or something. I, I went on to something and I ran. The first thing I see is this saying that says, God is saying to you tonight, my child, you are worrying too much. Remember who I am. There is nothing too hard for me. You may not see it, but I already have everything planned out. And I just sat there and I was like, he always talks to me. He always finds a way to let me know that he's there and he's listening to me and he's you know, he's, he's involved. He he's, he's, he's in this picture. And even, even the car accident, I was asking the Lord to always protect Cody. Cody could have died. His friend that was in the car with him, he ended up in the hospital with a tube down his throat. We don't know if it's from the drugs or if it was from hitting his head because he had a brain issue already. He'd already had brain surgery when he was younger, but this was the guy that got Cody into crack. And he, you know, Cody walked away from this accident and we're praying for Dom as well, who is still in the hospital and we're praying for a full recovery for him and for him to get delivered and saved. And I feel like I always pray for God to send down to my children all of his graces and mercies to protect them and to constantly get in this battle with them. And I feel like that car had to be taken away from Cody because no matter how many times he got stopped, got a DUI, got stopped with a license suspension, he kept getting stopped. He kept getting arrested. He kept getting, you know, caught driving this car when he was getting, and he kept getting more DUIs and, and he was getting caught driving under suspension and it wouldn't stop. Nothing was going to stop him. So I really feel that God was very, very involved today. That he took the car away from my son. Because that had to happen. And I don't know where we're going to go from here. I don't know, you know, if he's going to end up on foot going places or a motor or a, a bicycle or, you know, what he's going to do. What drastic measure he's going to take to get back out there and go to these, you know, houses where people are doing these drugs. I don't know if he will, when he will. You know, all I know is that God is sparing him and sh and showing him signs. And he's he's getting, he's like, and, and the thing I love about God is he's not just boom, you know, just stepping in and just, you know, putting him in the hospital. He's like gradually doing this, which I asked God to do. I said, start out small. And just kind of keep getting it more and more intense, like make it harder and harder each time. And, and you know, until it, it's just, you do what you have to do without hurting anybody or maiming anybody or, you know, just so nobody else gets hurt and Cody doesn't end up like dead or paralyzed or in prison for a long time. Like just don't let him get, you know, I mean, deliver the message and, and, and deliver the deliverance without, you know, it being too harsh if you can, Lord. But I mean, my main concern 
number one is their soul. And number two is, you know, well, I mean, it's not number two, it's right along with the soul. It, it's them just being alive for our family and for their children. It's unbelievable. I look back at my children and I think about the beauty that they were when they were young and they had so much hope for them and they had so much, I mean, these kids have everything. They have the most beautiful homes and families and women like their wives and, and their family, they have so much support, so much love. You know, they, they have everything you could possibly need in this world. They have a whole support system. Um, they have me, you know, and, and there's, you know, if, if addiction can take somebody and put them into the throes of addiction that have all that going for them, it can take anybody, you know, this isn't a, this isn't, you know, targeted at just, you know, one group of people in any way. This is, it's, it's hitting people everywhere. I mean, I've heard from people telling me there's, you know, judges, police officers, lawyers, and doctors, pilots. I mean, you name it. Like they're, they're, it's just everywhere. And it's infiltrated our society to such a large extent. It's, it's so heartbreaking to me. But I wanted to share this testimony of the Lord with you. That was my whole purpose tonight. This is not a cryptid, you know, on the dark side podcast. This is this is uh, about the Lord and how he's working in my children's life and the way he's answered my prayers. And, you know, he's, he's incredible. He's my best friend in the whole world. I love him more than anything. And I know he's there. I feel him. I hear him. He's given me a miracle healing. If you guys don't know about that, back in um, one of my podcasts, you might find the title back, I don't know how far back it is, but it talks about a miracle healing I had. Um, I'm sure it's in the title somewhere. It was just incredible, you guys. I mean, what God has done, that was when I was really getting close to him, really got uh, super, just so close to the Lord. And I have been close to him ever since. And I've never stopped and every day I get up and he is the a main focus of my entire day. I mean, um, you know, I just, he's not a fantasy to me. He's not, I'm not a fanatic. You know, I just have a very best friend, a father, a savior, and a comforter that I call my best friend, you know, and, and I love him. He's my family and he helps me and he helps everybody if they ask and we need him. And he's real guys. It's not a, it's not a fairy tale. He's real. He's really there and you're going to see him someday. You're going to meet him and you, you want to meet him on good terms. You don't want to, you know, Jesus died for us. He gave us everything he had to give. And the least we can do is to try to live a life that doesn't involve us being immersed in sin and just show him some love and attention let him know you believe in him and that he, you know he's there. Talk to him. You know, spend time with him. It doesn't have to be all, in, you know, all formal and, you know, just like a once a week in church or anything like that. It's, it's a daily thing. He walks with you every day. So does your angel. We're all appointed one guardian angel. Some of us have more. Some come later throughout our life, come and go as needed, you know, depending on what kind of battle we're in. But, you know, we always have at least one that's going to be there to take us off to heaven when we die. Hopefully we go to heaven. And, you know, 
he our God loves us, but he is a father of laws. He has rules and he has laws and they're laws that are good. There's nothing about his laws that are bad or destructive in any way. They're good laws. It's all goodness. And we have to try to fight these battles. We are in war down here. And these beings want us dead. They want the destruction of our lives, our families, our souls. Every single drop they can get out of us, they want. They hate us. And so we, because we were made, we're the image of God himself. God breathes us into existence with his own breath. He thinks of us, holds out his hand and breathes us into existence. That's how much a part of God we are. <sighs> Please pray. I really need it. I love you guys so much. And I pray the Lord Jesus holds you, protects you, heals you, and sends you his graces and mercies and answers whatever prayers that you have going in your life that you need. And uh, just be safe and God bless you all. I'll be talking to you soon. Take care.